morning. Let's all stand to sing. Walking in sunlight all of my journey over the mountains through the deep vale. Jesus has said, I'll never forsake thee. Promise divine that never can fail. Heavenly sunlight, heavenly sunlight, flooding my soul with glory divine. Hallelujah, I am rejoicing, singing his praises. Jesus is mine. Shadows around me, shadows above me, never conceal my Savior and guide. He is the light, in Him is no darkness, ever I'm walking close to His side. Heavenly sunlight, heavenly sunlight, flooding my soul with glory divine. Hallelujah, I'm rejoicing, singing His praises, Jesus is mine. And the preacher said, have a seat. All right. It's good to see you this morning. It's always good to be here. Um, you know, this is our second week back. And as you can see, we're kind of trying to weed our way through all of this. Thank you for your patience and uh, your love and your prayers, of course. And uh, we're just thankful that you're here this morning. So t today, again, what we're going to do is we're, we're going to um, do this brotherly love kind of thing uh, in the way that we're kind of constructed to do or instructed to do that. And we're just um, praying for your safety, our safety, and everyone that uh, has an opportunity to come back to church. There are still many that are not coming. They've called and said, you know, just don't feel comfortable or because of conditions that are going on, health conditions. We understand that completely. And so we're taping everything and making sure that gets out to them and making sure they have supplies and if they have needs as well. If you have prayer requests or anything like that, make sure that you let us know. We take those and uh, we, uh, I know the elders and myself, we pray for those throughout the week. Um, and if you have any needs, just let us know. We'll see what we can do there, okay? But again, thank you for being with us. Kyle's going to lead us in a few more songs. We're going to have communion today. We're going to uh, praise God today. Amen? Amen? One more time. Amen? Amen. That sounds much better. And then, uh, then I'll come back and give a message today. We're going to talk about overcomers because that's exactly what we are in Jesus Christ. So give me another amen. amen. God bless you all. You look great today. And Kyle, come and lead you some more. Let's stand again. <clears throat> Been doing a lot of sitting probably. So let's stand. We praise Thee, O God, for the Son of Thy love, for Jesus who died and is now gone above. Hallelujah, Thine the glory. Hallelujah, Amen. Hallelujah, Thine the glory. Revive us again. We praise Thee, O God, for the Spirit of might, who has shown us our Savior and scattered our night. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Hallelujah, amen. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Revive us again. Revive us again. Fill each heart with thy love. May soul be rekindled with fire from above. 
Hallelujah, find the glory. Hallelujah, amen. Hallelujah, find the glory. Revive us again. <clears throat> Next song. Yep. Loop. That. <clears throat> Let the weak say I am strong. Let the poor say I am rich. Let the blind say I can see. It's what the Lord has done in me. Hosanna, Hosanna to the Lamb that was slain. Hosanna, Hosanna. Jesus died and rose again into the river I wade. There my sins are washed away from the heaven's mercy stream of the Savior's love for me. Hosanna, Hosanna, to the Lamb that was slain. Hosanna, Hosanna, Jesus died and rose again. Hosanna, Hosanna, to the Lamb that was slain. Hosanna, Hosanna, Jesus died and rose again. Please be seated. I'm not sure if I'm supposed to stand here or there, but this, this works, so we'll use this. For uh, We're getting ready to have communion. Did everybody who wants to take communion get one of these when they came in. If anybody Does anybody not have communion supplies that needs them? Have an usher come by. I, okay, good. And um, the way this works, if you haven't been here before, is inside the little plastic bag, and keep that bag, you'll find this little cup. And it's got two layers on the top. And the first is a clear plastic layer, and you peel that back, and it reveals the wafer underneath. And then the second layer is a foil, and we'll peel that back after we have a prayer for the, the wine, and then you can peel that back and take the cup. And when you're finished, I'll ask you all to, I'll remind you again, to put the little cup back in the bag, and then there are little waste baskets on the floor in front of you to drop these in. So we're trying to keep a little grape juice off the carpet if we can. So let's go on. You know, each, each Sunday we approach the altar to eat the bread and drink the cup. And we do that because Christ told us to remember His death. And He wants us to remember because He knows we need to remember and there's a lot to remember. Fortunately, we have readers like uh, writers like Peter 
And uh, in 1 Peter, he reminds us of some things that are really important that we need to remember when we think of Christ and His death. In 1 Peter 1, verses 3 and 4, he writes, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable, undefiled, and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. Jesus is reminding us something really important and really encouraging. He wants us to remember that through His death and resurrection, that He's given each one of us an inheritance. We have an inheritance. And it's an inheritance that's imperishable. That means it won't go away. It's there. We can count on it. It's not going to fade away. It's not going to become less than it is. And He wants us to remember that He has reserved that in heaven for each one. We have a reservation. And it's there and it's ours that He made just for us. Let's pray. Lord, we thank You for this bread that reminds us of Christ's body. It was given as a sacrifice for us. And we thank You in Jesus' name. Amen. have a prayer for the cup now. Father, we thank You for this wine that reminds us of the blood that Christ shed that we might have forgiveness and eternal life for You, with You. And we are grateful for an inheritance that is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away. In Christ's name, Amen. And again, I'd just remind you after you're done, just go ahead and drop the little container back in the plastic bag and seal it and uh, we'll drop them in this, these little waste baskets. We will not be taking up an offering. There's an offering basket up there on the table where you came in. Some of you may have already seen it and dropped your offering in then. If uh, you have not, just do that on the way out. You'll see the container on the table. And we'll go ahead and have a prayer for the offering now. Father, we thank You for the blessings You've given us 
We thank You for the life You've given us in Your Son, Jesus Christ. And as we uh, ponder all these blessings, we just give You thanks and uh, are grateful to return to You just a part of the blessings that You have given us. Again, we thank You in Jesus' name. Amen. stand for our song before the message this morning. <clears throat> Jesus, you're my firm foundation. I know I can stand secure. Jesus, you're my firm foundation. I put my hope in your holy word. I put my hope in your holy word. I have a living hope, I have a future, God has a plan for me, of this I'm sure, of this I'm sure, Jesus, you're my firm foundation, I know I can stand secure. Jesus, you're my firm foundation. I put my hope in your holy word. I put my hope in your holy word. Your word is faithful, mighty in power. God will deliver me. Of this I'm sure, of this I'm sure. Jesus, you're my firm foundation. I know I can stand secure. Jesus, you're my firm foundation. I put my hope in your holy word. I put my hope in your holy word. Please be seated. And once again, the church said, Amen. Amen. You put your hope in His Holy Word. Do you do that? We're going to talk about this overcoming today and, and seeing how that applies to our lives, of putting His Word into our lives and actually making it come alive in us. And that's what it's supposed to do for us as well. I know all of you believe these two verses. And you know, you believe that nothing is impossible for God. Give me an amen. amen. Well, I'm sure you do. I mean, because you put your faith in Him, correct? Hopefully that's the case. And I can do, we can do, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen? Amen. Now we say that and it's easy to read and it's easy to say, I believe that. And then when things come along, it's kind of like, where did that one go? Do you ever pull these verses out in the midst of your struggles, trials, hurts, pains, whatever it is in life, and simply say to yourself, I'm standing on God's holy word. Amen. You should. That's one reason why they're there, is to give you that strength, to give you that confidence that we talked about just a few weeks ago when I was in St. Louis and came to you from the lake. Anyone who saw that one was kind of funny, but anyway, nonetheless, we did the best we could. All right, to get started, I have this little story to tell you. Ed Young tells a story. He tells a story of a, an older fellow that had been uh, in the North Woods for many weeks camping out. Each night, of course, he had built him a big old campfire. He's by himself, and he built him a big old campfire. And he'd boil some water for some coffee and, and put on some bacon on the frying pan. 
It was always a great night. He always enjoyed that. Well, one evening while he was doing that, the campfire roaring and the coffee boiling and the bacon sizzling, he said he heard this noise in the woods. And he said it was a, a, a frightening noise. It was like a freight train. So, uh, you know, limbs were snapping and just it was just terrifying. He said all of a sudden, there's this, this, this biggest bear he ever saw in his life stepped out into the clearing. And on its back was this big old lumberjack holding a seven-foot rattlesnake in his hands. He was terrified. He said that, 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 uh, that uh, lumberjack just leaned back with the reins in that bear and he slid him right into his camp and brought him to a halt right there. He said that lumberjack jumped off the back of that bear, bit that snake's head off, threw it into the woods, turned around and punched that bear right between the eyes and knocked him out cold. Never said a word to the old man. Just walked over to his campfire, drank his hot coffee in one big gulp, reached down and grabbed that hot frying pan, drank the grease and bacon and all. Then he turns back around and he goes back over and he slaps the bear back into consciousness just before he wiped his hands off with poison ivy. So he jumps back on the bear and he looks at the old man and he simply says, well, I'd love to stay here and visit a little bit longer, but the truth is, there's a real bad dude chasing me. I thought that was pretty good. Why do I say that? Well, maybe you'll get that one halfway home, but here we go. For the past, for the past three months, if he's any worse than that, I don't know what he's going to be like, right? But for the past three months or so, we have been frightened by this terrible thing called COVID-19 virus, whatever you want to call it. But my friend, the truth is, there's something that is in no comparison to that. And he's a real bad dude. And he's been chasing us from the very beginning of time. You know, they say when life comes along and gives you lemons, you make lemonade. And I don't know how many of us have been making lemonade these days. Satan has tried and is trying his best to defeat us. He's the real bad dude. In John 10.10, we gave you last week, you remember Jesus was the one who said, I have come so that you might have a life to its fullest. But he starts that off with a warning. He tells us that there's one out there that's trying not only to defeat us, but to kill us. The real bad dude. And he wants us to know that in life there are going to be, even in this full life that God says is yours through Christ Jesus, he wants you and me to know there's a real bad dude. But we have to believe that together we will overcome. Give me an amen. amen. I need a lot of those this morning. I can hardly see out of my right eye. I don't know what's going on today, but nonetheless. Make no mistake. Make no mistake. The war that we are in is not against COVID virus. It is not against the racial divide that we see that are rioting in our streets. It is and will always be a spiritual war. That's why in Ephesians chapter 6, it tells us to strap up. Put on the full armor of God. The answer is not a vaccine or a new law written. Our nation has the cure for both and His name is Jesus. Period. And it's time we proclaim Him. For if there ever was a time in our history to proclaim Jesus and His goodness and His grace, His mercy, His power, His strength, and His redeeming power in one's life to set them free, it is now. 
And in light of what has been, we've been through, what we are going through, and what we will face in the future, we as children of God are called to stand by faith, 1 Peter chapter 5, and seek His face no matter what comes our way. Because we are overcomers. If you are a Christian, you have claimed from the moment you received Him, repented of your sins, and became His child, you were an overcomer. You are no less an overcomer today than you were the day that you gave your life to Jesus Christ. In fact, you should have more confidence today than you've ever had in your life. In the midst of the storms, Christians should stand stronger than ever and proclaim that I'm an overcomer. We need to do our part to see our prayers answered. You've been praying, haven't you? Anybody been praying besides me? Sure you have. What are you praying for? What are you praying for? We need to do what we can do to get our prayers answered. If we're praying in the right direction. You see, when God gives you a challenge in life, no matter what it is, I believe with all of my heart, if there comes with that challenge what you may be going through. It could be the person that's going through a divorce. could be a person that's lost a child or a young lady out of wedlock that is pregnant. can be a person that's dealing with alcoholism or drug problems or anything else in between a COVID virus or sickness or cancer and all the other things that seem so, so terrible. Every situation you go through, every challenge that's put before you, God gives you a possibility to go through it. Every single time throughout history, God gives His people the opportunity, the possibility to be overcomers in all things. It doesn't mean that everything is going to be easy because that's what we like. We just like easy. If I can just get to retirement, life will be easy. Said no one. After they retired. We like the easy part. But it does mean, what does it mean? That it does mean that we ask, he asked, will we trust him through this challenging time? And everything that we go through. In John 15, 5, look at this one. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, I like to bear fruit. That means we are living this full life. Everybody like that? Give me an amen. amen. But apart from Him, you can do nothing. Not a little. Not some days good and some days not so good. Nothing. That's a pretty strong word, isn't it? Nothing. Nada. Now, if that is true, and it is, we've got a lot of work to do. And God is counting on us. I, I love the fact to think that God is counting on me. It's kind of scary, but it's also exciting at the same time. That God's counting on you during the midst of this time in our history of all the things that we're going through. God's counting on you. And He is. Because we are His children. We are to be the light. We are to be the ones that are shining for Him in the middle of this. Is there a beacon of hope for the world around us that feels there is no hope? Wouldn't you just love to see people flooding to the churches like they are flooding to the streets today? If we are the light, I believe that they will. 
Because when it's all said and done and they get wore out and they see that law, new laws written will not be followed and they see that looting businesses changes nothing except makes things worse. I pray that they see the church still stands even the ones that they might set on fire and they stand for the truth and love. Amen? Amen. Amen. We need to do our part. There is no doubt. In John 15, 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me, that's the key. That's that big word, if you remain in me. How do we remain there? If nothing is impossible with God, and He gives us the assignments, and I can do, you can do, we can do all things through Him, then the question is, is it not, are we, will we do it? Now one of the first things you have to do in the middle of all this whatever it is that you might be going through. Anyone I counsel that goes through things and they say, Arlie, I, I just don't know what to do. One of the first things you have to do in the middle of any crisis that you might go through is get out of the way that I can't do anything. That I can't make a difference. That just little old me, I can't make a difference. That, that Me. Let the scientists do it. Let the politicians do it. We, we see how good of a job they're doing, right? And so... You have to get that out of the way that I can't make a difference. Anita Broderick said it this way. She said, if you think you're too small to have an impact in life, try going to bed with a mosquito in the room. <laughs> you ever do that? Sure, it's true that you can't do everything, but you can do something. And God has called us to do something. And start, it starts with faith. If it doesn't start with faith, the, the real bad dude wins already. Now, could it be that we read something, and I thought about this this week because I find myself in this sometimes, and perhaps you do, maybe not, maybe you're that strong, and maybe I need to lean up against you and your strength. But could it be that sometimes we possibly do this, that we read something from God's Word and we say we believe it and we do believe it, but deep down inside something else, we think some other way. We kind of lean in a different direction. We have the evidence of God's God's power working in us. Amen? Amen. You, you've seen it around your life. You've seen it somewhere in your family. Certainly you've seen God's mighty hand move within something in your life. We see all of that, but somehow, someway, we think the opposite when things get troubled. Which one of these two are most likely to kill you? I put this picture up there for you to see. Hopefully there it is. Keep on coming. There we go. Which one of these are most likely to kill you? And of course, would it be Jaws or would it be little Bambi there? The answer, of course, is easy. It's the deer. They say you're more likely, 300 times more likely, to be taken out by a deer than you are a shark. But none of us have a problem driving at night. But any volunteers to jump into the ocean in the middle of the night, in the depths. Maybe Roger Hanley does, but... He swims with the shark sometimes. I'm not sure he's too bright, but uh, he... <laughs> the anesthesiologist also has some problems there. But anyway, he knows I love him. It just sounds like the normal thing that the shark would be the one to take us out. But the opposite is true. So we have evidence of one thing, and yet we kind of lean in another direction. It can happen in your spiritual walk, and this is where it comes to you and me. And this is where it takes place. It takes place in your faith department first. And the real bad dude is counting on it. 
The real bad dude wants you to first, the, the first thing the real bad dude, Satan, wants you to, me to do is to doubt. It's the first thing, because it always goes to the mind first. Because if he can get you to doubt, he knows you're not on solid ground. And he knows you're just one lean away from falling into his trap. And sometimes we get the God's promise in our heart and we say, I'm standing on the promises of God, the old song, right? And we are. Amen? And we pray God's Word. If you don't know how to pray God's Word, look up His promises. Just Google it. What are the promises of God? You'll get 2,500 of them. Just read one and pray it to God. Father, you say your word. This is it. This is what I, And I stand on that and I thank you in the name of Jesus. Praying God's Word. It's not to tell God that you know God's Word. It's telling God that you stand on His Word. And He loves for His people. Don't you love it when your son or your daughter comes to you and says, you know when you told me such and such, you were right on target. And you knew it all along, didn't you? And God does too. And so we believe God's Word and then we sit back and we say, okay, God, have at it. In other words, God, you do all the work. And then we just kind of fade out of the picture. Well, listen to me. God is not a puppet on a string. He is not a genie in a bottle. And he is not a... Uh, butler at our beck and call. Now, he is a have-added God, however. If you read Scripture, you know that. He is a have-added God. If you don't believe that, all you have to do is read about the Israelites. He's a have-added God once God's people don't do what God tells them to do, trust and obey. And we can do a wandering for 40 years ourselves. But He calls us to stand he calls us to stand our ground and activate our faith in Him, not our demands of Him. Big difference there. Our victories come when our faith is activated, not our demands ordered. But yet, that sounds like me sometimes. And if we, if we will remember, greater is He that is in me than he that is in the world, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen? And yet I read the book of James. And when I read James, he talks about works. And we all know it. In James chapter 2 and verse number 17. Jared, I know you had a class on this one one time. And I, I, I came in late and he said, Hey, what's your favorite verse? And I'm like, uh, John 3.16 or something. I don't know. Because we had talked about that. But here, faith without works is dead. Now we know that verse is true. And yet we have a tendency to do the opposite. We say we have faith, but we don't put it to work. We don't put it to action. Well, faith has a purpose, and faith's purpose is action in one's life. That's how you prove you have faith. You take action. With no action, one's faith is not real. It's dead, James says. It's only lip service. It's saying one thing, but leaving something else, and God knows the difference between the two. Without action, it is a remote control with no batteries. Guys, do you are you like me? I control the remote at my house. Anybody else besides me? No? Okay. Well, I guess I'm guilty. But you got the remote control in your hand. You ever use the remote control when you push the button and it doesn't work, it doesn't change, it doesn't do what you're asking to do? What's the first thing you do? Stupid remote. You look at the remote. And then what do you do? You usually hit it against your leg as though that's going to help. And it does seem to help for a while, but until you change the batteries, it's going to die. Right? It's just the way it works. 
In other words, you're going to have to do your part in order to overcome. Faith leans in one direction or another. And if you lean far enough, if I lean this way, I'm pretty good. And some of you even better than that. And if I just keep on leaning this way, and I just keep on leaning this way, you're pretty impressed, aren't you? And I keep leaning this way, I keep leaning this way, eventually, I can't get back. I fall. I believe that the truest action of faith is to not doubt. That's the truest action of faith, is to not doubt. True faith keeps doing and living, knowing that God is in control no matter the storm that you are in. I'm just trusting. If you're ever around Sue Byers, you're in for a treat. Because I will tell you, that lady will... It doesn't matter what she goes through, I'm going to tell you, she's going to tell you one thing. It's all about Jesus and Him I stand. Impressed. We went over there a few weeks ago. Do you remember this? And some of you that went with us to sing. Uh, Kyle, it, it, you know, I was up there close to her by the porch and you could just say, Jesus, oh Jesus, thank you Jesus. Jesus, thank you Jesus. She was crying before we left because she stood on the promises of God. And she does. Now some would say, yes, Harley, I believe all that, but it's hard. It's so hard. You're right. Sure it's hard. Can you name me any greats in the Bible that had an easy go of it? I can't think of one. I can't think of one. Noah, 120 years and all the splinters he must have had. All the thumbs he must have smashed. Abraham. How about Daniel? How about Joshua? How about Joseph? How about in the New Testament you talk about Peter and the disciples? How about Mary and Joseph? Think it was easy for them? No, there is no cakewalk with Jesus. However, there is always victory in Jesus. Amen? 1 Corinthians 15, 57. Trophies are not awarded to everyone. The world might tell you that. They are, but they're not. But they are rewarded and promised to the faithful according to 1 John 5, 4. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. Are you, have you been born again? If you've been born again, you're an overcomer. And somebody should say hallelujah. Somebody should say hallelujah. You know, when you get to heaven, you're going to be shouting hallelujah, whether you like it or not, I think. <laughs> and the ones that don't do it much here, they're going to have to be right up front yelling it out. Praise the Lord. All right, here we go. God's waiting on you. God's counting on you. Almost finished, so hang on. God's counting on us to take the first step of faith. There is no doubt. I say that all the time. Once the assignment is given, God waits on His people to make the first move. Or, if you will, the second move. He made the first move when He died on the cross for you and for me. Why does He do that is the question. It's because He wants to see if we are true to our faith. True. To our faith. That's what happens when you become a Christian. For anyone that becomes a Christian, God tells you what to do in His Word, you hear it, and then He waits on you to respond. And some people, it takes a long time to respond. And some, even listening to this today, or maybe it's you, you've never responded. You've heard the words, and the words in you, you know what you need to do, but you've never done it. God's waiting on you to take action in what you say is your faith. And that is important. Why does He do that? Why does He do that? It is because He wants us to trust Him and see that we truly do trust Him. 
And then after you become a Christian, this is the thing. He does it over and over and over again as we read God's Word. Here's what it is. Are you going to do it? Here's what it is. And He does it over and over again. Not to get you saved, you're already saved. Not to keep you saved, you're already saved. He does that. He does that to grow you and me spiritually. And when we grow spiritually, our faith becomes stronger. And then we have more faith to step out of the boat. We have more faith to step forward in the midst of a crisis. And to stand and do what is right. And when you fail, He doesn't kick you out as though some would make you believe. He picks you up. He dusts you off. And He says, oh, you a little faith. You remember Peter in the walk? He didn't just say, oh, too bad. No, He pulled him up. You have a little faith. He dusts you off and gives you another opportunity. Because why? Because you are His. You are His child. And He's telling you once again when He picks you up, don't forget, you're an overcomer. Amen? Amen. Amen. Truth is, 2020 hasn't started off in the way we wanted it to. Not for me. Six months ago, not one person in this room would have ever thought we're going through what we're going through. Nobody. Nobody. And so we can either fold our hands and quit or we can trust the Lord and roll up our sleeves and activate our faith and take action. For there is time to take action. There is time to take a stand. There's a time to take that stand in our life and this is our time. I say that all the time. I believe that if we want 2020 to end better than it started, that's exactly what we'll have to do, is to take a stand. Stand for what is right. Stand against what is wrong. Protest against what is wrong. Nothing wrong with that. But we must stand in God's love and His mercy and His grace and love toward others as well that might be working through some terrible things in their lives. But we reach out in love. If we will all step forward and do what we can to achieve just that, I believe that it will. And we will be able to defeat that real bad dude. Remember, John 15, 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Are you found in Him? Here's the great news. If you're not found in Him, you can be found in Him today. You can be an overcomer before you leave this place. You could have come in this room and you could have been fearful of all things, covered with the most horrific sin that one could think of. But you can leave today and be a true overcomer by putting your faith in Jesus Christ. If you've done that, some of us need to be reminded, in fact, we all need to be reminded, probably daily, that we are overcomers. Because we stand on the truth of God's Word. And He tells us, this is the victory that overcomes the world. And His name is Jesus. Maybe you have a prayer request, maybe you have a concern, maybe today it is your day see Christ as your Savior. And maybe for someone who needs baptism for you. We don't want to ever stop any of the flow of God's Spirit in people's lives. 
So we have these prayer cards up front, these little request things. If you'd like to fill one of those out, you come forward here and sing it in the song. We'll get that filled out. I'll take care of that. You can contact me anytime during the week. One of our elders, they'll help you with that as well. Know that we love you. Pray. If you need to respond, don't you hesitate. Come. Come. As we stand and sing. Oh God, you are my God, and I will never praise you. Oh God, you are my God, and I will never praise you. I will seek you in the morning, and I will learn to walk in your ways. And step by step you'll lead me, and I will follow you all of my days. Oh God, you are my God, and I will ever praise you. Oh God, you are my God, and I will ever praise you. I will seek you in the morning, and I will learn to walk in your ways. And step by step you'll lead me, and I will follow you all of my days. And I will follow you all of my days. And I will follow you all of my days. And step by step you'll lead me, and I will follow you all of my days. Please be seated. Not too much on announcements today other than to remind you that uh, for the probably the rest of this month, we will continue with the service situation we have now with a 9 o'clock and an 11 o'clock. So just be sure to call in and tell Stephanie which service you're coming to and uh, make your reservation and uh, be, uh, be sure to come on in. We'll close with a prayer and uh, just what a blessing to be here today. What a beautiful day, and uh, it's great to see you guys. It really is. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the life you give us in your Son, Jesus Christ. And we are just grateful for the fellowship you have blessed us with in this place. May we extend that fellowship beyond the reaches of this building to those around us and continue to love each other even as Christ loves us. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You are dismissed.